All right, we are continuing, coming to a close uh, within a couple next couple weeks about our discipleship path. And remember, we're going back to the future by going back to the fundamentals of what made Methodism, what made Wesley's movement so strong. And uh, we, remember our three rules of discipleship. Do no harm, right? Don't add to the darkness. And when we do, repent, confess, fix it. And then we have, it's not just enough not to add to the darkness. We also have to bring light. If we are children of God and children of the light, then we're called to bring light into the situation. Matthew says, be a light on a hill, like shining the grace and the truth and the love of God to a desperately needing world, needy world. There's a lot of darkness in the world, and it needs more light. And it comes from the, the light of Christ that lives within us. So do no harm, do good. And now we're talking about staying connected. And the two parts of staying connected is to God, first and foremost, love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and then also to love one another. Stay connected to the body of Christ. So we're going to be talking about that over the next two days. I mean, two weeks. Okay, so I'm going to read from uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 15, and I'm going to read the NIV as we've been using, uh, but I'm going to use an RSV word and plug it in there. You'll see it because it will be different. Jesus speaking says, I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You, already, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me, as I also abide in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must abide in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not abide in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. This is word of God for the people of God. So the reason I use abide is because I think it has a deeper, richer meaning than just remain or stay, even stay connected. This abide talks about that John Jesus language of you and me and I and you and God and us, and we're all interconnected in this web of life and in the Holy Spirit. It's because being a member or being part of the body of Christ is being more than a name on a membership list. It is more than just being part of an organization another one of many organizations. It is about abiding in Christ, in the things of Christ, abiding in one another, abiding in God. 
We are connected by the Spirit. When we receive Christ, as, as Jesus speaks to Nicodemus in the Gospel of John, chapter 3, he, he talks about that we must die to ourselves and we must be born again. And we are born again of the Spirit. When we die to ourselves and we accept Christ, then we are connected to Christ. We are connected to God. And we are connected by the Holy Spirit to one another. And so this idea of connection, this idea of abiding is tremendously important for us. As we look at what it means to abide in the Holy Spirit, we understand that the primary agency of God, of the Trinity, of the Trinity in this world is the Holy Spirit. God is over all things. Jesus has ascended and will come again, and now he is Lord over the church. But the Holy Spirit is Lord in the church. The Holy Spirit is the Lord in your life that leads you and that guides you, transforms you. It does everything. And we don't give enough emphasis to the Holy Spirit's work in our life. When we're really, I don't know if you all know this, Methodism, Wesleyan theology is really the grandparent for all of kind of the Pentecostal church, uh, the full gospel church. That all came out of the holiness movement in the Methodist church that emphasized the work of the Holy Spirit in your lives, in my life. When, and it comes from this, the Wesley's episode uh, when he was in there and listening to Romans after he'd been a preacher all his life, after he had struggled to live by the law and to be a good man, and he struggled in Georgia. He, he saw those Moravians in the storm. He said, how do they have such peace? I'm freaking out. I'm scared to death. And he tried over and over to be a religious man, and then he had this experience where he was listening to a commentary being read about Romans from Luther, which he, I'm sure, had read several hundred times. But all of a sudden, in that moment, something came over him. And he says, if you're a longtime Methodist, you know he felt strangely warm in the assurance that God did indeed love him. And that changed everything. That was the spark because Wesley was, from that point on, he didn't try to do everything on his own. It wasn't by his own power. He was relying on the Holy Spirit and he did miraculous things through Wesley. And we have to remember that when we talk about being connected, as I shared with the kids and we looked at the, the plants and that sap that goes through and brings all the nutrition and, and brings it life, that the Holy Spirit is the sap of our spiritual lives. We, we can't thrive apart from it. Otherwise, why, why do you think Christianity is down in our country? Because we've made it just another curriculum, another book to read, another book to study. We don't emphasize enough the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. Books, I mean, you have to learn. You have to be a part of it, but it's, that's not going to change you. I know the feeling because I've always had a thirst for the Word. And when I became a Christian in my early 20s, I had a thirst for the Word. And boy, I'd 
graduated college, and I was, my next goal was I was going to read this Bible and study it and become this good person because of all the things that I've learned and how I interpreted them in my life. Did you hear what the problem in that sentence was? There was a lot of eyes. And Christianity is so frustrating and such a burden when we live, try to live by the law, when we try to justify ourselves. That's why Jesus says, take my burden. It is light because it's already been carried for you. And so we don't change ourselves. We want to take the credit. When God does some miraculous thing in our lives, we want to take the credit for it. But it's God that has done it. All we have to do, I've said this uh, a little while ago, all we have to do is show up. Show up and God does amazing things. How do we show up? God has given us a means of grace that says, if you're in my spirit and you come to these, I'll meet you there in spirit and in truth. And so we've talked about these. We had a whole series at the beginning of the year. So some of this is going to be um, kind of uh, looking back review but I'm going to emphasize more so the aspect of the Holy Spirit that is involved in these means of grace. So, because, again, just like that branch, that dry, brittle branch, if we don't stay connected to the Spirit, we're going to get drier and drier. And that's where we get burnt out and depressed and sad and, and Pastor Raymond and I were whining to each other about the hardships of ministry in the pandemic, right? And I, I confess to him, I won't, I won't tell on him, but I confess to him, you know, I just, when it gets hard like that, I, I tend to put, to, to kind of get relief from the worry, from the stress. I put the vocation on the shelf when I'm off and when I'm doing things. But the problem is I, my vocation is all wrapped up in my spirituality. And sometimes I put Jesus up there with him and I begin to get dried out and burnt up like that branch. And, was, and I can feel it in my spirit. It doesn't matter if I'm being a pastor or off or where, whatever I'm doing. I still need Jesus. I still need the work of the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life. All of us do. And so we need to stay connected. And just a couple, this week we're focusing on staying connected to God. And there's others beside these, but these are the primary ones that we use that Wesley talked about. And the first one is Scripture. We know about Scripture. Um, Hebrews 4 12 and 13, well, just 12 says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even dividing the soul and the spirits, the joint and the, med, and the marrow. It judges our thoughts, our attitudes, and our heart. It says Scripture is alive. See, you, we can read Scripture, but if we're reading it on our own, we can't discern it. First Corinthians says, who can discern the things of God but the very mind of God, the heart of God? We can't do it. 
I hope you have this experience. Every Christian should have this experience. I still have this experience where I just read. I don't hope you have the first one, but where you read the Bible and just nothing, right? I'm reading it on my own power and it's not inspiring or I missed something or I was like, what's the point of this? And then there's times, uh, a lot more of these times where I'm reading and all of a sudden something just grabs me. And I see things in the light and connect it to other pieces of the Bible that I could never do on my own. It, it just grabs you. We are to read the Bible with the Spirit of God. Because the words of the Bible, the, I've shared with you this formula from Experiencing God, very old study, and it says the truth is the Word plus the Spirit. The Word without the Spirit is just the Word. And it can be manipulated, and it can be used to control. We've, we've seen it throughout times, that, the, and even in churches where the Bible is manipulated and used and is not preached biblically, and that's just the word. That's not the truth. We have to have the Holy Spirit to understand the very truth of God. When I come in here and listen to Pastor Raymond uh, before our service, uh, and I get inspired, I will say his congregation is a little more active than y'all. It, <laughs> it, it might be the preaching, so it, it could go both ways. It could go both ways. But when, when um, he says something, and, and I feel it in my spirit, as good of a preacher as he is, that's not what's touching me. It's because it's the truth of God, and it, the Holy Spirit has revealed that to me before, and I, we touch right there, and it, the Spirit meets Spirit. It is the Spirit in the Scripture that is the truth of God. And God says, go open my word, just read it. Don't try to be like the textbook. So we, we get in there, and what our problem is in the church universal today is we try to uh, form Scripture to our lives when we're supposed to be forming our lives to Scripture. And we're only going to do that if we read that with surrender, set ourselves aside without my agenda, without my politics, You know, you ever notice, I've said this before, but we just impose our bias on Scripture without even thinking about it. We got to let Scripture form us. You ever notice how Jesus agrees 100% with you politically? <laughs> right? That's amazing. Me and Jesus think just alike. That's because I'm making them up as I go along. We have to read it in humility and in the spirit of truth and grace. All right, next one, worship. It is the spirit of God. When we come here and I feel the spirit welling up in me, as good as Josh is and our, our praise band is and Ashley is, as good as they are and as great as the music is, that's not what make, gives me goosebumps. It is worshiping God with other believers that are worshiping God. When you, it, the, the, the Holy Spirit deals in percentages. I, I've shared this story with you, um, but it's too good for this. When I was out in West Texas, and I was a young Christian, and I was going to church, well, I was in, before I was a pastor, 
you know, God told me something because I would always go to Sunday night service at this country church, and there'd be like 10 of us. But man, and some of them came in off their tractors. Me being from Chicago, I came in shorts and flip-flops. And sometimes we'd have a piano player, sometimes we wouldn't. But man, the spirit was strong there. And we might have 100 people I'm just using this because I'm not good with math, so I'm going to make it round numbers. We, it was more than 100, but we might have 100 people in service in the morning, but I didn't feel the Spirit as strong. You know why? Because the Spirit's power is concentrated. And so it doesn't deal in quantity, it deals in percentages of those that are there. So maybe out of 100, 60 were there because they were worshiping God. So maybe 40% were there because of their wife made them, or uh, business, they looked good for business in the small town, or, you know, for, it was a social club, whatever. But those 10 that dragged themselves in at Sunday night, 100% were there because they wanted to focus on God. And I've always felt the Spirit long, stronger there. So worship gives us a place to have a concentration. So if I have the Holy Spirit in me, some weeks it's stronger than others. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, and think of it as these little flames, and we come together and we bring it all together, it's going to be concentrated in the Spirit. And we're going to feel it. That's why we should leave feeling revived in church. Our weight has been taken off of us. Because we've been in presence of God, in the presence of one another. And when we are connected by the Spirit, and we're here for a moment, and we are all focusing on God, it is focused Holy Spirit energy. And you feel the power. So, worship. And then prayer. Isaiah 56, 7 says, These I will bring to my holy mountain and give them joy in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. Romans 13, 26 says, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not, do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through the wordless groans. So when we are in prayer, we have to be in the Spirit. Right? In our scripture, it said, God will give you anything that you want. Well, he's not going to give you anything that's going to hurt you. You know, sometimes we pray in our will, and Lord, let me win the lottery. Right? We didn't even check with God on that one. It was like, Jim, if you won the lottery, you would be done. Right? No, you, you just... You're good where you are. Anything that's prayed within the Spirit, because the Spirit has to tell us. And we are, when we pray, we are connected with Spirit. When we had, we had our prayer vigil here uh, at, at, over uh, New Year's, going into the new year, and I like doing those wherever I am, and sometimes people are afraid of that. I got to pray for an hour. But every time we do it, people sign up, and they're very leery, 
Because they come in and think, I can't do this. How am I going to? And they come in, he gives some hints, just start reading scripture, just start doing this. But the Holy Spirit takes over. And I always hear this from a few people that it's their first time. It's like, wow, it went by so fast. I couldn't believe it. I was ready to stay longer. Because praying for an hour on your own power, listening to yourself talk, is going to be long and boring. But if you're praying in the Spirit of God, something comes over you. And you begin to pour out your heart and you begin to listen to God and God begins to put things in your head and you're like, oh, I I just got started. What do you mean my time's up? There's a difference between praying by your own ability and praying in the very Spirit of God. And we got to get back to emphasizing the work of the Spirit in our discipleship. I mean, we have to be intentional. We have to show up in Scripture. We have to show up in worship. We have to show up in a life group or whatever we have. We're going to talk about those next week. We got to show up. We have to pray. We have to read Scripture. We have to worship or else we're going to dry up. That's where we come encounter with the Holy Spirit. And that's where God transforms and sanctifies, revives and lifts up and encourages but we got to show up. We can, this is, this, I love this three simple rules. I love if you've seen or if you connected, we have like the five major, we have service under doing good. We have prayer and worship and uh, scripture we're talking about today. We're talking, we're going to talk about fellowship and groups next week. It's easy. It's not complicated. As I always used to say in uh, other churches, it's not rocket science. The problem isn't what to do. The problem is us showing up to do it. God says, if I'll be there waiting for you if you just come and show up. And we'll be connected and you will be revived. We're always connected to the Spirit. Don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about like we plug in. But that Spirit that lives in us needs infusions of the Spirit to continue at a high level. You want to walk in the Spirit? you got to be filled with the Spirit. It's, it's almost like gas, right? We get low on gas. I can tell when I'm low on the Spirit, when I'm low on that uh, holy spiritual sap. And I, sometimes I'm good at saying, hey, I need to go get a fill-up. Sometimes I let it go on too long and I get too dry. And we get used to that. And we begin to think, well, maybe this is how it is. God says, no. I came that you might have life, that you might have abundance of life, that you might, re- that you might receive the breath of life. The very Spirit of God will fill you, will pour out of you, will heal you, will strengthen you. But as I always say, if we want that kind of spiritual victory, we have to surrender. And we have to show up where God said he'd meet us to give us a fill-up of that holy spiritual sap that keeps us alive and vibrant. We got to stay connected to God. Through prayers, through worship, through scripture. 
that we might be filled with his Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Dear Lord, as we come to your table, I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to each one of us, would fill us, would send us the message of life that you have given us through your death. That, Lord, we all must go the way of the cross in the sense that we have to go and die to ourselves that we might live and be raised anew with you through your grace, through your mercy, and by the power of the Holy Spirit.